Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. Mm. And, and you can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. You don't look like do you, Chris. Do you know how to do this part? Because you don't normally do this part. So I had to think about it <laughs> before we uh, before we got like sat down here. I had to yeah. think about like what... What is the intro of that? Like, how does it actually start? Because yeah. I usually don't even get to the microphone until I get to the uh, the part about, you know, finding us online at StanTargetPodcast.com. Right. So, yeah. The fact of the matter is I am not Chris Wright. <laughs> and that is perfectly okay because you are the the third host. Yes. The, uh, the, the third host of the podcast here. So, uh, everybody, welcome Fultron to the show. Hello. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, Chris is out. I think he and uh, and Aaron Wright, who's been on the show before, yep. they went to a, uh, was it Newfound, Newfound Glory, Glory. Con- concert? Yeah. So they're all out there like... Taking it back to 2006. Yeah, pop punking it up <laughs> like it's 2006 for sure, dude. It's uh, like... I feel like he's gone to see so many like bands that we used to like love back in uh, in high school and things like that this yeah. year, and I'm like, dude, you gotta like just complete the whole thing, like any of them that you can. <laughs> like, let's just make 2017 the year of uh, of going to see all of these like you know pop punk artists. I think he saw like Dashboard Confessional like a couple weeks ago as oh well. Oh my so, god! So like he really is like seeing all of the hits. Now if he goes and sees uh, Yellow Card, oh my goodness, dude, and doesn't invite me. Yellow card. I haven't thought about yellow card for Ocean Avenue, man. Oh, Oh, dude, that album. mm. That that album shaped me as a man. Did it? Did it really? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like it's kind of like a a strange album. And then they they the the second one, which is not as many like big poppy hits, but it still had some cool things. I never listened to the second one. See, the second one, they tried to do all sorts of funky things with the violin, where they were like, let's uh, let's distort it and Mm. do all this craziness. So I don't even know if I've ever heard a song from their second album. (sighs) So I'm an I'm an Ocean Avenue purist, dude. I feel like. I feel like we did see them live at some point. So it was either, and this is this is how memory blurs together. You know how like you you will watch like a live concert of someone yeah. and be like, I saw them live. So like I don't know if it was a live concert or if they were at some music <laughs> festival that I happened to go to uh, back in the day. Um, but I do feel like I have seen a live performance from them. Okay, fair enough. So anyway, fair enough. But yeah, so uh, so we have just gotten out of Alien Covenant. Yep, and we're going to be reviewing that later on in the show, and uh, I'm excited to to pick your brain and your thoughts because I have yeah. no idea where you stand with the entirety of the Alien franchise, yeah. and specifically the prequel to this movie, Prometheus. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be a, a fun convo uh, whenever we get there a little bit later in the show. Yeah. Um, but dude, what have you been up to this week? Oh gosh, I prepared for <laughs> everything except that question. Um, <laughs> what have I been up to? Uh, I finally okay. I finally watched The Shining. Dude, you've not seen The Shining? I've never seen The Shining. This is like the weirdest time of year to watch The Shining. So <laughs> there's uh, there's some... T- like, my wife is not into horror films. Okay. I'm not really either. But yeah, certain I, I wouldn't ones say will, that I am either. Yeah, but. certain ones will catch my eye, and I'll be yeah. like, you know what, I should just see it because it got such a great score, or, yeah. you know, lots of people are talking about it. I just want to know what it's about, you know? For sure. Um, and I have a list of movies uh, that I'm going to watch anytime that I'm home by myself. My wife isn't there. My son's not there. And I can just 
chillax and watch a movie that my family would never watch with me. I love it. I love so. the idea of that. I, I have a, I have a similar list, yeah. but most of the time I never get to it. That's yeah. the thing. It's yeah, like no, it's, it's you're rare. actually chipping your way through it. It's, it's like I I, yeah. I applaud that. It's super rare. But uh, this last week I did actually get to watch The Shining for the first time. So what did you think? Um, so here's the thing. It's like when um. I'm watching and I'm like, man, it's so old and seventies ish. Even uh-huh. though I think it was made in the eighties, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, let me look at the, the exact year, but yeah, like early eighties, probably. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, it's it's definitely dated in some sense. Uh, Nineteen eighty. Okay, so literally right on yeah, the cusp, man. Right on the cusp. <laughs> it is in that weird period where you're looking at people's clothes. You're like, they could literally be in the seventies or the eighties. Well, I have no idea. So what's funny, and I guess like. I forgot who it was. We had somebody on the podcast, and they were talking about uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. And how they they accurately did, like, all of the outfits and the sets correctly. Yeah. Because, because it's based in the 80s, yeah. they had a lot of 70s stuff in their yeah. houses. And it's, like, worn out and all this stuff. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of, like, films that, like, go, oh, it's this set in the 80s. They'll take a bunch of stuff from the 80s. And it's, like, no one had new things. Right. Like, even, like, now it's, like, I have things in this house that are, like, 10 years old. That right. sort of thing. So, it's, like, it's not, like, uh, you can just you know, chunk it out there. So yeah, I wouldn't look at that guest couch and be like, Oh, 2017. <laughs> oh yeah. That one's totally this, yeah. you know, <laughs> the last decade, <laughs> which speaking of, I've, uh, this is the guest couch is hilarious. Cause like, I've been meaning to get rid of it for a really <laughs> long time since we lived at the other for, house. For those who are listening, there literally is a guest couch. Yeah, and it's like a it's like a two seater love seat. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like it's drooping. Not even, it's like drooping in the middle. I think like even even calling it a love seat might be a little bit of a stretch because it's like it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty small. Like you sit yeah. on there with anybody and you're you're snuggling, man. Yeah, unless you know them personally, it's not going to be a fun sit. Yeah, it's like a uh, you know the, my my parents have something. It's a newer thing, right? It's actually like a recliner that's a love seat. Yeah. And they call it the snuggler. And I feel like this fits into that category of yeah. like, whenever you're on this, you're you're either by yourself it's the or you're snuggling. Yeah. It's in the snuggler category. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I watched it. There's definitely some moments where, you know, and I try to get into the head of somebody who's never seen, you know, like modern horror movies, like good yeah. modern horror movies. So it's like you gotta you gotta get in that mind space of like, okay, it's 1980, we don't yeah. have this, we don't have that, this is what's going on. So a couple notes. I mean, I think, I think there's definitely some great tension build up with the camera work. Yeah, um, especially the, you know all the shots following the kid around on his little oh dude on the on the wheeler. big wheel the big wheel oh yeah. my gosh all those shots are great. Um, anytime Jack Nicholson, Nicholson delivers any kind of monologue, <laughs> like the whole scene of him in the bar yeah. talking to the to the to the the bartender that was just phenomenal. Yeah, it's magic. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Um, <clears throat> and it really, like, it kind of, you see, like, where Tarantino gets some of his, like, build-up stuff. And, like, for sure. You know, I'm sure he pulls from a lot of different places, but you see kind of that, like, just that anxiety-inducing monologue where you're just like, it's going to get bad if you keep talking. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like for sure. Stuff. And, like, those types of things, like, I love the influence. Like, whenever you look back at a movie like that and then you can kind of trace the lineage of like modern movies and modern tension building and modern horror yeah. films where it's like, this was one that is influential is very influential all the way up until 
today um and and that sort of thing and alien the original alien we're going to talk about you know the alien covenant later but like right. the original alien is a similar thing yeah. like there's a lot of things that weren't really done or weren't really established until these movies these types of movies did them and yeah. so yeah like i love being able to like go oh that worked here so obviously everyone's like taking that and yeah. moving that forward so there's some great shot composition um some really cool use of color um the music I don't know if it was purposely trolly, like, <laughs> where it would just it totally like is. it's just like nothing would be happening, and the music would be like yeah. dun 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 yeah, dun it's dun, like, dun 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 dun. It's like the ultimate uh, in teasing tension, where it's like, yeah. why do is why is everything yeah. amped up right they're now? Just, There's they're nothing just having going a on. conversation, and the music sounds like somebody's getting murdered. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, some some of the things that just were kind of like I don't know. There's a lot of excessive use of crossfades. Yeah. Like sometimes in the middle of conversations, <laughs> it's really funny. That's so, like a product of the time, you know, yeah. and that sort of thing. I mean, you think about even like Star Wars, like with some of the like the 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 transitions, that yep. sort of things. But it's like, yeah, I I I remember like that one, like that one, definitely the time period that it was in influenced a lot of the stuff in between the things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, I, I like I can see why people herald it as a masterpiece. Stephen I think King. I didn't I didn't do it any justice by watching it for the first time at 32 <laughs> years old. Well, I mean, like, honestly, like, though, what, at what age would you have watched that where it wouldn't have felt like that? Like, I don't think like like you where and it would have like scared me and like e- felt legit. Yeah. Where it's like, I feel like unless we were like kids or whatever yeah. while watching it, um, there's no like there's no way to get around the kind of campiness in it, like inherent in the year that it was made. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe if I saw it, like, if I was, like, 11 or 12, like, yeah. somewhere around there, it'd probably do a number on me. Speaking of horror films, um, It, I saw It when I was incredibly oh too young. And uh, and so, I don't know. I, the new one's going to come out or whatever, yeah. and I don't know if I want to see it in theaters, because yeah. it's like, uh, I the the original, I've only seen it once, and uh, it's it scared me quite a bit whenever I was a kid. <laughs> it was one of those where I was like, not like I was not old enough to watch it. I knew I wasn't old enough to watch it. And that was half the reason why I was like, Oh, let me, let's see what this is about. And cause I was like, Oh, there's kids are in it. It can't be super bad. Right. Super scary. And like, I remember being like, I hope that like my parents don't come in and turn this off right now because I have to finish it. Cause like at this point I'm on this, I'm in this roller coaster. I have to finish it. Otherwise it'll just haunt me for the rest of my entire life. So yeah. I, I, you know how that goes. Like where you start something you're like, well, I'm in it now. Yeah. Horror movies are that way for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I have to see this through the completion. Otherwise it will haunt me yeah. and scare me at night anyway. But yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, so what's funny about this podcast is we recorded what will be for the listeners next week's episode. Chris right. and I recorded yesterday Yeah, and we got super confused about like the timing and like what, what to do. And I discussed like what my, what I had done this week in that episode. So the listeners won't hear what I've been doing this week until like next week mm. but suffice, suffice to say like i was out of town uh this weekend um and then this week was pretty much taken up by both uh last night we recorded the the next week's episode which is a pirates of the caribbean yeah um review and uh and then we watched pirates of the caribbean on monday which was fun um and then we're back in that same theater tonight uh which yeah. that theater is it's a carmike cinema and it was a Carmike. It yeah. was a Carmike. That you're right. And then AMC purchased them. Yep. And like both experiences, like the cups were different from from day to day. 
They're getting their merchandise taken care yeah, of. Yeah, it's like, I guess uh, they're slowly updating everything, you yeah. know? And then there's like tarp hanging down. Like they're doing lots of renovations and I don't know what all they're doing to it, but it's like, yeah. it's it's in transition for sure. Where like half of the theaters, like we were getting you, like you were getting butter on your popcorn tonight <laughs> and we were like in this hallway and we're like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like somebody's going to like, you know, jump out at us and... Uh, <laughs> Take you know, my popcorn. Yeah, it's like we were in this dark corner of the theater, and I don't know if the lights were really working. I didn't know if any of the theaters were really going on. Yeah. There were these t- two girls down at the end of the hallway, and <laughs> some kid on a tricycle. <laughs> some kid on a big wheels riding around. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, so like the uh, this week has been v- fairly busy, but Zelda, I've been playing a lot of Zelda, yeah. and uh, I'm getting close. I feel like I'm there. very I close. I saw your progress. You're looking good. You're looking I'm, good. I've opened up the entire map. I feel like I'm very close to where I want to take out the last uh, dungeon, then go and, and finish it up. I, I want to do everything in the game, and uh, and and so I, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, ah, when do, do, do I do this all before I go in? And I feel like I'm going to do that. I feel like I'm going to yeah. wrap up all as many side quests as I can before I go in, and take on the final final boss, final level, that sort of thing, and uh, and go from there. So Nice. Anyway, so I've been playing that. But dude, this week, we've got lots of news! The news. The news. So do you want to lead off with the Destiny news, or do you want to, like, save that to the end? I've got, like, I've got two other things. Let's do Destiny last. Okay, so I think we're going to have some things to say about that. That's right, that's right. That'll probably be the the bulk of this. Um, First thing, we're starting off with some film news. Ooh. Um, And Chris was the first, like, he shared this with me uh, yesterday, and, uh, and so, and I found it very, very intriguing. Justice League, this is from SlashFilm.com, but Justice League, rumor, extensive yep. reshoots have completely, quote, remade the movie. Oh, my God. Um, so let me see. <laughs> this says, reshoots, part of the movie-making business. And in many cases, they're a good thing to help make a movie great. But when reports say Justice League has essentially been, quote, remade twice, end quote, after, quote, significant, unquote, reshoots, and is looking at even more reshoots, that seems significant. <laughs> so, apparently, like, the uh, in, in the article, they go into some detail about, which you can find at uh, stayontargetpodcast.com, but, uh, like, the article they go into, they talk about how it was rewritten whenever Ben Affleck uh, first kind of came onto the set to do his, like, portion of this thing. That was whenever the first wave of rewriting and reshoots kind of happened. Yeah. And then, um, again, whenever, like, uh, some of the executives of, of Warner Brothers kind of shifted around and, and Jeff Johns entered the picture... Um, and so it's apparently like been, been completely redone twice and it's looking at even more. So anyway, well, okay, maybe, (laughs) maybe I'm getting old, but I just don't have any more time to deal with this kind of crap. (laughs) Dude, like, so here's, here's my thing. We have on one hand, we have suicide squad. That's right. Where they reshot everything. (laughs) And then cut everything. With multiple cuts. Like, then, multiple yes, different cuts. Yes. Edited it in, like, three different ways, and it's literally a pile of steaming turd. <laughs> like, it's a terrible movie. See, I liked it a little bit more than that, but yes. I Like, it's it's a mess. <laughs> yes. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's got, it's got some good elements in there, but it is a mess of yeah. a movie. Um, especially from an editing perspective. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then you've got Rogue One. Yep. Rogue One had a ton of reshoots. That's right. That that 
dramat- dr- dramatically altered the way the film would be presented. Yeah. And either way, maybe like the old way could have been cool, but I really like what we got. Yeah. Like yeah, I think it's Rogue a solid is a, movie. Yeah. It's a great film. Um, so maybe. with stuff like this, it's just kind of like, it doesn't mean anything. That's true. It's like, it's like, well, but I like, my thing is I wonder what state it was in and to, like to begin with, Whenever reportedly, again, all rumor, but reportedly right. Ben Affleck walks in and goes, guys, <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> we got to rewrite this thing. You know, it's like, and I think about like, I don't know. I think about the state <clears throat> of the uh, DC cinematic universe yeah. and, uh, and how like before, like with like Man of Steel, it's a good movie. Yeah. Um. And uh. And but like after that movie, they give everything to Zack Snyder. And I was like, okay. Well, I don't really like David Goyer, who writes a lot of uh of of movies with uh Zack Snyder. But I'm beginning to think like I just don't like Zack Snyder. Like he's had far more misses than hits in my mind. Yes. And yes. so uh so I don't know, man. I'm I'm very um. I don't know. I'm nervous about the uh, the future of the Justice League movies. I'm hoping you know Wonder Woman comes out uh, in a couple of weeks. We'll end up reviewing that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think two weeks from now, and uh, and I'm hoping that that's going to be good. I think it looks everything I've seen trailer wise looks like it's going to be really good. Um, so did Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's that's the worry. <laughs> that's always the concern where it's like ah, you burned me, burned me already on this type of thing. Yeah. But um, in you know, in a lot of ways, like I, I hope that that one is the one that like revitalizes the thing, breathes some life into the franchise, and then what's funny about that is if Wonder Woman in fact is really good and does do that, then we've got Justice League later on this yeah. year, and if it's if it's a you know a mess like a train wreck, um, you wonder where does that leave the franchise? Where it's like, well, two of the four movies or five movies have been have been good or well received, yeah. but I don't know. We'll see, man. I'm this is a this is. A franchise I care about. A lot of their their heroes I care about. I like them. I've always been a DC person rather than a Marvel person. Um, but they got to get their got to get their movies together, man. Yeah, they got to figure something out. Um, on some game news, Woo. we've got a, a Xbox backwards compatibility sale. Um, Super sale Ooh. is what they call it, or summer sale. Or I, I literally ju- it's reloading this page for some reason now. And oh, there we go. Super sale. I, nice. I got it right the first time. Um, and <laughs> so this is it's happening this week. There's lots of good stuff in there. Um, so if you have actually Xbox One and like oh, I haven't even thought about picking up Red Dead Redemption or something like that, I think yeah. Red Dead Redemption's only ten bucks. Um, it looks like Black Ops is like sixty percent off. Black Ops Two is sixty percent off, which is uh, backwards compatible now. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption is. Uh, let me see exactly how much this is. You have to. Uh, it's weird they don't have the prices listed here. Yeah, it's like it's twelve bucks. Uh, Red wow. Dead Redemption is so like if you haven't haven't played Red Dead Redemption, now would be a good time to pick that up digitally on your Xbox One. Left 4 Dead Two is on there for seventy five percent off. That's really that's I love that game. That game's really fun. Um, South Park: The Stick of Truth is on there for sixty percent off. So there's some really solid stuff uh, in the backwards compatibility sale. I also love the idea that it's. Like just the backwards compatibility games are on sale yeah. at this point. I don't remember if they did it last year or not. I don't um, remember either. But like, uh, but yeah, that that idea is very cool. That is. So the third piece of news, and the biggest piece of news, Destiny Two gameplay oh my reveal. My gosh. Talk to me, man. Dude, bro. Uh, so we actually reserved a conference room at work. <laughs> that is amazing. On our lunch break to watch it. <laughs> Um, dude, that's awesome. Did you watch the tri- Twitch stream? Like, yeah, we watched Bungie's so cool. Bungie's Twitch stream. Um, 
Couple, couple little uh, sound bites, one-liners from Fultron here. Okay, um, hit me. Definitely have more questions after seeing the reveal <laughs> than I did before. <laughs> so, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's what a, a, a good reveal. Like this is kind of like their teaser trailer. That's a good know? point. Like if you point. think of it, if you think of it in film terms, you got like the Force Awakens or uh, the um, the Last Jedi. Both trailer, both teaser trailers presented more questions than answers. Yeah, there's a right? lot of things going on in there. Yeah, for sure, and a lot of things they left way unexplained. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's things where it's like, we only saw three subclasses, one for each character. That's right. Um, normally there's nine. Yeah. You assume that like, I guess vanilla destiny launched where there was two subclasses per right. character and then they released a third later on. Yep. You, I, I hope they don't go back to only having two per character. Yeah. Um, but even if they did, you've only seen half of the, half of the subclasses at this point. So, yeah. and I hope we haven't seen the coolest of them. That's true. You know? Um, Which, these are really cool. They're very cool, man. They're very cool. I love the Captain America thing. Dude. <laughs> so that's amazing because like... That just, the, that solidifies my Titan main yeah, it's like for I, Destiny I, 2. That was my main thought was like, oh, I'm going to do my Titan for, uh, for my main on that one. But like, the fact that this is a defensive thing as well as an offensive thing. Because like with the Titan, yeah. you kind of had to decide what you were going to go for. It was like, okay, do I have the, uh, the shield bubble? Yep. Where it's just purely protective. Or do I go crazy offense with the striker yep. or ranged offense with the uh, with the hammer thrower? Yeah. I don't I can't remember. Sunbreaker? That. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And uh, so like with this one, it seems like you can throw the shield and it'll like bounce off enemies and things. Captain America style. Yep. Which is pretty, pretty <laughs> sweet, man. Uh, I, what, what I what I want to know is like, does it require skill or does it have some kind of homing thing where it's like if mm. enemies are within a certain vicinity mm. of each other, they'll just, it's just like, it's kind like of like, it would be kind of like chain dam- damage with like a tether or something like that. You know, if they're close enough, the damage gets chained to everybody that's part of the tether. Yeah, yeah. So like, like it just if it, bounces from person to person. Yeah, if it hits this person, mm. will it seek somebody who's closer by to hit them next before coming back to you? So like, like the homing things that we've had in the past um, aren't like that uh accurate like they don't just directly go to the next person or whatever so yeah that right. being like an area of effect thing makes sense yeah um because like the homing hammers or whatever they they track yeah it says in the in the small text <laughs> that it aggressively tracks yeah i don't think it's that aggressive yeah. no it's not it's like, mm, it's yeah. like yeah, if it moves by like two or three feet yeah sure you're happy yeah. but in this case like yeah yeah you would assume like You'd hope that you're not having to aim at each individual person, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. I mean, it, they definitely showed it bouncing off one enemy and hitting another enemy and then hitting a third before yeah. coming back. So I don't know if that was just like coincidence. I mean, they can make <laughs> anything happen in those gameplay reveals. That's true. But uh, but yeah, um, so I definitely had have more questions. Dude. Now. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, I want to know what that third ability is that's mm. next to your melee and your grenade. That's right. There's uh, like they, a, a and and it looked like from the gameplay, it was like a a, a, a surrounding area type yep. situation. It's like an area of effect where like, and it they seem to all be kind of like defensive or like buffing kind of things. Interesting. And you so, wonder does that give the the entire fire team like a little bit of? I would a, imagine a boost? anybody who stands in it. Yeah, like the, the the little perimeter. Yeah, yeah. And that's like that was the other side. Like I saw the three things down there and the super, and I was just like this. Like there's something else new down there that we're yeah. not going into. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
other things that they didn't go into, like as far as that goes, um, were how like obviously you, how you re-level back up. Like what, yeah, yeah. what does that look like? What is that yeah. process? There's a screenshot that I saw on the Reddit page that was posted in our Twitter thread. We have a a Destiny Twitter thread that we that's right that we use to talk to talk to with our 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 raid team. But um, and I'll I'll put the uh, the the link to that Reddit article on uh, standshagerpodcast.com. So yeah, there's a there's a picture, a link to a picture in there of the item management. Um, and there, I think there's glimmer. That's right. But then there's also like a purple crystal thing next to the glimmer icon. Interesting. So another type of currency, maybe some kind of currency. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I also saw like there was your artifact. So like right now you have, uh, you have a lot of different like gear and things like that, but like the artifact was locked on, on whoever it was like, there's a little like lock icon down there. Uh Um, so obviously at some point you have to get to the point where you are able to unlock that and use that, but it's not necessarily, uh, good to go from, from, you know, the first level or whatever. Um, the, uh, as far as, as far as the gameplay goes, um, it was interesting to me that like they, the first mission starts you off as this like super powerful person and then they strip all that away. Right. Um, I thought that was a really interesting way to do it. Um, it's also like, it feels kind of strange to be like, Oh, you're super powerful. And then it's like, well, start from, start from scratch again. Um, and so like that, I, I wonder, I hope that that doesn't feel too, uh, aggressively depowered. Um, yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how they do that because they're basically going to give you this sandbox of abilities and then I guess you lose them all? You, and then, like, how quickly do you get them back? Like, yeah. is it going to be the whole campaign you're trying to, like, learn these abilities? Like, I was listening to Fireteam Chats, uh, which is, like, their the official IGN That's uh, right. Destiny podcast. Uh, I was listening to them talk about it and they were saying that, like, when Taken King, Taken King came out, you had to go uh, learn your new ability. That's right. Your third subclass. There was like a quest line for it, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah, there was. So there was like two. There was like three or four missions you had to go through to get this thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, is that how they're going to do it? Where it's like you're basically gaining these abilities as you go? I mean, that would be cool. And, and But it would also – like I have questions about um, – you know, you unlocked them in the, in the vanilla destiny. You kind of unlocked it uh, one piece at a time. Where it was like, oh, you know, with the with the warlock, you did your void class, and you slowly ground through and unlocked that. And then at some point in there, you could switch over and do the sun singer one. Um, and uh, like where I was ha- halfway through my void walker uh, subclass, and then uh-huh. it was like, oh, you can now do this other thing. And I don't remember if it was tied to a story mission or if it was tied to a. Uh, I think it was more tied to your level. Like whenever I got to a certain level. It was like, oh, you can switch subclasses now if you want to. Yeah. So, I mean, just for the focus of, like, what to focus on first, almost. Yeah. I'm looking at the picture right now of the the UI, and I'm noticing a couple interesting things. One, there is a slot for weapon modification. Hmm. Uh, whatever that means. Um. The They have their light level, but then instead of like intellect and all that kind of stuff. They have armor, agility, and recovery hmm. set up there. Interesting. Um, so I don't, it doesn't, I don't see a way to affect your recharge on your abilities hmm. where you would normally see it. Um, and then the other interesting thing, the big change they're doing with how the weapons work is uh, the fact that there is no primary and special. 
Interesting. You just have yeah. you have all the weapons, but if you put them in your uh I forget what the secondary slot is called in, in Destiny 2. If you put them in there, there's an elemental damage applied to it. Ah, so any primary could potentially have elemental damage applied. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that changes that's, that's, things. That's the the what I got from what they were saying. That's interesting. There's some balancing issues that I see with that where it's like, well, then why would I ever use a kinetic weapon? I mean, I think about like, um, yeah, because you like the the secondary ammo drops are kind of more sparse, and so that's why you use your primary most of the time. Where it's like, oh man, my secondary. But in this, if they're both primaries, then I mean, wouldn't primary be primary? I mean, it, the, the ammo drops are going to be the big question I have. Yeah, um, it's interesting because Luke Smith being the the game like lead, the designer lead on this Destiny Two, he did the Taken King expansion. Okay. He was the lead on that, and that's where they basically removed. Um, any elemental damage on primaries, like so raid weapons yeah. and things like that. That's where they, that, that's the big change that they made um, to kind of the way that that worked. And so it makes sense to me that he, he would want to, that, that, that the idea would be, well, we want to limit the elemental damage somehow. Yeah. It, I would rather them not, but, right. but I understand like if you, if you, the idea is, Hey, I want to limit elemental damage on primaries, then this is a good, like, meet in the middle kind of situation yeah. where it's like, well, if you want a elemental damage on your primary, you just put it in this other slot and it has it there, but maybe you get less ammo for it uh, over time, that sort of thing. I don't yeah, know. There has to be some kind of trade off because otherwise, you know, I'm never going to use my primary ever again. Yeah. Cause in the gameplay, you can see the guy using a pulse rifle that has void damage. That's right. And it's just like, it's just like a, it's like a base level Suros. Yeah pulse rifle so and that's the other thing like the the loot system in this like the only thing we've seen so far as far as like on uh on menu screens or anything like that are legendaries um we haven't seen anything that's lower than that so no like basic level gear or like even uh green level gear or blue gear or anything like that so i wonder how the loot system will work in this um obviously there's uh there's lots of new exotics they uh they mentioned that specifically uh in the thing where it's like oh we yeah. have new exotics brand new exotics that sort of thing and then uh but I just wonder how all that works with the legendaries. Um, and then yeah, below, well, in basically. This, in this, um, I don't see a player level. I see a light level. And mm. it's 260. And every item in his inventory is legendary. Right. Which seems a little... In Destiny 1 terms, that's a little... Uh, <laughs> You'd have some blues in there. That's right. You know, that's right. You'd have some rare. Yeah, I remember rares. with yeah with uh with original Destiny, like vanilla Destiny, you got to level twenty six or something like that. Um, by using all raid gear or something yeah. like that. But um, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, you would have some blue gear in there if it existed in current Destiny. So I don't know. I don't know where that's all at, or where the kind of infusion fodder mm-hmm. kind of weapons and armor is in uh, in this. Um. Something else that I found interesting about kind of the systems aspect of it um, is that it doesn't look vastly different. It doesn't. Like the the uh, the how you equip weapons and swap out weapons and armor and things like that looks basically the same. The UI is the same. The yeah. UI to go from planet to planet is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do that from planets. Yeah. Um, so you no wouldn't more... have to go to orbit. Yeah. Which 
Does that mean that orbit doesn't exist? I think it still exists. I think it's somewhere you can go if you're like waiting for your raid team to get situated and stuff hmm. like that. It's a kind of an AFK space. Interesting. So, yeah. and the, you know, hopefully the uh, the public spaces because we're going to be in them far more. Yeah. Um, if you can kind of just jump between different public spaces, hopefully all of those are uh, are interesting. Yeah. Um, it seemed like they were. Uh, there's the, there's, what was the one in, in Europe or whatever? There's yep. a, there's, there's a larger area on earth in Europe, um, said that there was going to be like NPCs in yep. there that would give you missions and quest lines and things like that. Yeah. Um, which I find very cool. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing that I'm really excited to find out about is the, uh, I forget what they're called. Um, but it's basically dungeons, um, mm. and things that, that will show up, you go explore them and there's a boss at the end of it and he gives you a key to some sweet loot. Yeah. Like, a I, bit, like, I, I hope that those bosses are substantial. Yeah. Um, like I hope you like you, here's what I want to happen. I want to be playing by myself, find a cave and be like, okay, go down it, get to the boss and be like, Nope. And then call you and call you and Chris and be like, guys, you got to meet me on, you know, IO at this location. And yeah. we got to take this guy out. Yeah. They're called lost sectors. I was looking That's for the what name. It is, yeah. And I find that very interesting too. Cause like, if it's a, uh, like you think about the way that the world works now, it's every single public space is like a, a big circle with like little branches that you can go off into. Yep. And so I'm, I'm hoping that this, like, it's hard to think about this in terms that like wouldn't be what we think of as destiny where it's not kind of that level of like that, that design where it's, Oh, maybe it is a, a true kind of open world where it's not like a, uh, just a racetrack that you continuously go around and, and branch off into these dungeons. But like, if it's a truly kind of open world, that would be the, the ultimate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, Destiny definitely, the uh, original one felt like it was very open whenever I originally started it. But then when yeah. you realize where everything is at in relation to everything else, <laughs> you're kind of like, it's a big circle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I uh, as far as the world goes, I'm excited to see what that's like. I think that's my the, the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to feel more alive. It's going to feel more like a place that you can explore. Yeah. And not one that you can easily grasp. I, I feel like... like after playing for a couple weeks, I totally understood the layout of the Earth area. Like, yeah, and then like like the Moon is super small. Like yeah. it's yeah, so they're all pretty much the same kind of layout. Um, like you said, with just different branching off. Supposedly, um, I'd seen uh, Jason Schreier had uh, had tweeted out about the European Dead Zone, um, and he had said something like that the European Dead Zone was rumored to be like in like be have been planned for like a and a major expansion for destiny one mm. and so it's supposedly awesome and the fact that it's in this is uh it makes sense and it's exciting so, yeah um that's the other thing like i mean it just doesn't seem as different as i kind of expected the ui to kind of be and that sort of thing i hope that there's a lot of under the hood improvements if you're not if there's not a tower section um i wonder how vault works um, how yeah. storing all of your guns and all of your, your gear is going to be, um, if you're going to maybe have a different space to do that in or be able to do it straight from the field somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, what was it you said before? Oh, the European dead zone being in, uh, like was planned for an expansion and then the UI is not that different. Yeah. The UI. So that was actually something that I was really thinking about a lot before, today yeah where i was like is it gonna look different like is, mm. are they gonna totally change because it, they've been kind of like emotionally preparing us for like a brand new game yeah big changes you know and as soon as i saw the gameplay footage i was like 
it looks just like Destiny 1. It looks prettier. Look, it looks like a prettier yeah, Destiny 1. It's a little cleaner, yeah. and it's got a little bit of a different art style to it, but there's things in there that are verbatim the same. Yeah. Like the uh, the radar mm-hmm. is exactly the same. Yeah. Um, even the the uh, armor selection screen is really, really like 99% the same. Yeah, you think about, like, I think it has. It looks like it has a little bit better graphics, yeah. but like other than that, it's 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 basically the same and it's got a different background color yeah um but yeah like i was surprised about that i'm not gonna lie like i i don't know what i expected but i kind of expected it to be an an drastic overhaul to the the way it works but i guess you know don't mess with a good thing yeah um like i said the under the hood stuff that i hope is different and Mm -hmm. we'll be able to find out whenever the the beta hits uh later this summer um how loading works whenever you like go into your uh, your gear selection menu. Yep. Um, because a lot of times that takes a really long time to render and oh load. Oh gosh. And so whenever you're in every an time int- you synth heavy, you're like, well, I'm just gonna die. <laughs> just come revive me. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a, you're if you're in a dangerous situation, which inevitably, if you go, oh no, I need to switch out a piece of gear. <laughs> yeah. You're. It's usually not because you're like, <laughs> oh, I'm chilling in this field, getting some sun. Yeah. So it's typically you're under fire, that sort of thing. So you just, like you said, you just kind of like hope, hope they don't see me over yep. here. Um, and uh, and then it takes a really long time to load. So hopefully that's a little bit snappier. Yeah. Um, the vault space thing is is definitely something. But hopefully, like a lot of the uh, the kind of under the hood things that they've left behind now, uh, last gen. So no 360, no PS3, obviously since Rise yep. of Iron. But uh, hopefully because of that, they've lost this extra baggage that they have to program for. And I hope that that frees them up to kind of make this a lot more slick. Yeah. And they um, didn't they didn't touch on this, but I would love to hear how much they're developing for the higher end consoles like mm. PS4 Pro and Scorpio. That's a good question because they do have the PC version that's going to yep. be released. That was a big deal. Uh, they announced that it's going to be released exclusively through Battle.net. Yeah. Um, which I don't have, I'm not a PC player. Um, and so I don't have a whole lot of experience with that. Yeah, I was a little confused by that at first. I was like, is that why, like, why not just make it available on steam or like, uh, you know, like just from the store. Like I I didn't understand that, but, uh, listening to fireteam chat, one of the guys on there is, is a pretty, uh, heavy PC player. And he said, this is, this is amazing because, uh, I mean, it's basically like, the the father of online gaming being like let me take you under my wing <laughs> like that's how they described it like having battle.net which is owned by blizzard right come in and just be like yes you can share our platform with it like they're almost i mean yes they're share they share activision yeah. as far as publishers go but i mean they could become competing properties yeah you think about i guess it's always been kind of MMO ish. Yeah. Um, Destiny has like a console MMO light essentially, yeah. um, with a loot based kind of shooter system. Yeah. And uh, and so and with the rating mechanics and things like that. And so like I guess I've always questioned like why like because Blizzard is is part of this company as well, and they have uh, done a lot of MMO kind of raids and things like that, and, and a lot of their their systems, their base level kind of systems are so honed to a yeah. a sharp edge. Um, why not? And so I guess like that that this kind of communicates to me where I'm like I I hope that they're working a little bit closer with uh, Blizzard and like that would tell me that their matchmaking or their uh, they're looking for group kind of solution um, could be very good um, yeah. and and that sort of thing. So well, what I'm it, excited what it, for that. What it really means is like great servers. Yep. Like uh, reliable servers. Um, 
very like fluid uh party chat and stuff like that nice um uh battle dot battle.net has a great uh kind of universal um uh text chat system awesome that works uh throughout all their games that's awesome um, and that's that's really like especially gearing towards the pc audience like that's you know that's those things. And whenever yeah. they said it, I assumed like the PC audience, the people who are like looking for this to come to PC probably were like, yes, yeah. because like, otherwise, why would they say that? Like, why would they tote it as like a marketing kind of a thing and be like, Oh, it's going to be on battle.net. Yeah. It, you know, if it was, if it was a negative thing, it would have been pushed to the, like, oh, it's on battle.net. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and they and just brushed past it, but the they, other, they made it a big point. Yeah. The other thing is if you think about what some of the, the biggest esports are right now. Yeah. You've got like, uh, like Heroes of the Storm, mm, yeah. you've got um, the card game Hearthstone. Yeah, that's right. You've got uh, Overwatch. That's right. Man. And then people have been mumbling and like murmuring about Crucible becoming an esport. Right. And now Blizzard's allowing them to be on their platform. Like, dude, I think they're going for it. I think they're trying to make Crucible a legit esport. I hope so. And and the thing that and. I guess maybe not necessarily because obviously I'm not going to be, you know, a pro uh, Destiny player, but it's more of along the lines of just from a competitive standpoint that if they can get that to be more fast and fluid and the way they were talking about it, where it's every mode is going to be 4v4 and smaller kind of uh, maps. I love the idea of that because a lot of the the sprawling kind of things that go on in, in the Crucible, they can be a little bit frustrating or taxing because you know whenever you respawn you're not close to the action that sort of thing and and uh yeah. and so I, I hope that like the changes they've made to crucible are are solid the thing that they didn't mention frame frame rate like they didn't yep. mention going to 60 well, they didn't frames talk a about any specs no That's right we don't even know if it's going to be 4k well they said that the uh people who were at the event the only mention of 4k was like oh we're gonna you know, can go back there and our playstation uh partnership allows us to you know give you to you guys in 4k on the ps4 pro and oh, okay. so it's like so you assume that they have it yep and uh and you assume that they like that's gonna be a thing and um but at this point like i, I hope like maybe uh, it'll be interesting to find out what they end up doing with uh with competitive like if they're going for the esport kind of category but don't get it to 60 frames a second like that would be strange it would feel yeah. a little bit uh, at odds to me yeah um but yeah I, i'm excited to find out more from a story perspective uh i'm pumped about this one the yep. the level looked very uh very similar to and, and a lot of the interactions that were going on i liked the idea that we have these npcs that we've been coming up and getting missions from for a really long time but yep. they're fighting alongside of us yeah it's great felt cool it feels like a legit campaign that's right <laughs> um and uh and in so many ways like the the taking king campaign it, it kind of felt yeah. like the beginning of that too yeah. where there's like so much going on and uh and that's something that i find that bungie does really well they've done it well with halo and now um and with this like the way that this looked where there's lots of explosions lots of excitement going on the chaos of what's happening um definitely communicated to me in, in that, that campaign yeah. segment i love that they're giving like they they gave you a uh, Zavala backstory. That's cool. The fact yeah. that he was one of the first guardians to ever be given light at the tower. Yeah. Like yeah. he crawls to the tower and it's like, there's people here, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought that was great. I love, um, 
how I, I Cora just was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, like with the cabal dude. attack, dude. Well, there was a moment where she throws the, uh, she does the super at the yep. ship and yep. it blows up. Oh my goodness. Like that was amazing. Yeah. Seeing them fight was really cool. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of things within that. Like we saw the, uh, the Titan, uh, we saw a different super from a Titan where it put mm-hmm. up like this weird wall. Yeah. It's like an uh, ice wall or something. Yeah. It looked like an ice wall. And I, I wonder, like, I think about the, um, the buffs for uh, like the division or something like that, yeah. where it's like they would, they would have a wall where if you shot through it, it would ma- potentially like uh, increase the damage yeah. of your bullets. Yeah. Um, but it w- if you did it that way, it wouldn't then decrease the damage right. that you were taking. And so I, I, I want to know more about what's going on there, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely excited again, surprised. It didn't look that like that different. Yeah. But I, uh, beta later this summer, man. Yeah, maybe they. You think that we get the date at E3? Oh, I, I, I would bet some money on it. Yeah, yeah. How much money? How much money mm, are we talking? I don't like to bet money, <laughs> but uh, I feel confident that if I did like to bet money, I'd bet a decent amount. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I, I feel like it's uh, it's probably an E3 thing. So yeah, and we're gonna find. A, I think we're gonna see a lot more at E3. I think we're gonna see Crucible. I think we're gonna get uh maybe a, a tease of the raid mm. like and and i mean like the slightest tease mm. like i think they're gonna show like a trailer that's like 30 seconds long with like five <laughs> clips um and it's mainly gonna be uh gonna be guardians probably it's yeah. not gonna be about the boss at all it's yeah like, oh here's them doing the raid and they're running yeah. up steps like the last <laughs> shot will be like all the guardians doing their new like crazy cool supers at a boss but you won't really be able to like make out what's going on um <clears throat> so yeah i think we'll get more stuff about crucible i think we will hear something about the raid we'll absolutely get uh, a beta um announcement as far as when that's actually happening mm-hmm. um i think that we'll see uh some strike stuff i think we're gonna um yeah, I, I I think we're gonna probably see some people play through it. Would be my guess. I like it, like a like a demo <clears throat> on stage, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, cool. I like that, man. Well, any other final thoughts? It looks it looks amazing. I'm really excited to care about the people in this game. Put it on pre order, man. That's I already did. Well, that's the news. The news. Alien Covenant. Covenant. Yep. Um, so this movie went into it. I, I hadn't really paid attention much to the trailers, that sort of thing. Knew it was the sequel to Prometheus. Um, but before we get there, what did you think of Prometheus? Because like, I, I haven't chatted with you. I don't, I don't think I've talked about the alien franchise almost at all. So what's yeah. your like alien franchise level of, uh, of interest? And like, what did you like in that sort of thing? So of the original aliens, I've only seen the first one. Which cool. Is, uh, so I, I, Really want to see Aliens. I mm-hmm. uh, just haven't ever really gotten the chance to. Um, it's weird that I saw. I thought I saw them out of order. I saw Aliens first on television uh, back in the day, uh-huh. and then uh, and that was a long time ago. I barely remember much about it. Yeah. But then I, I remember uh, like I hadn't seen the original, and then after Prometheus came out, it was like, well, I have to go watch the original, yeah. and so I watched the original at that point with Chris. So. Yeah, um, I saw the original uh, probably a year and a half ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really cool. I mean, again, yeah. you know, it's 
there's parts of it where you're just like, oh, yeah, it is 70s. The only parts um, that I remember thinking, like, were weird were the parts that you, like, totally could tell that it was a dude in a suit. Yep. Like, that it was practical effects. Yeah. And, like, you know, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I see how they do that. You know, you, where you kind of see the strings. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but the thing that, that Alien does so well is just create that terror of, like, you don't know when it's going to strike. You don't know where it is. Uh, and, and I think I actually watched it after playing alien isolation a little bit. So basically for you, it was the first good video game movie. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, in my opinion, alien isolation is, uh, is a fantastic game. And I think they did a fantastic job of capturing the essence of alien. Hmm. Um, now Prometheus, I saw way before I ever saw an alien movie. Okay. Um, and so I didn't get anything that was going on. <laughs> uh, like when they walk into the room with the big gun and the dude sitting on the gun, like I remember watching alien and be like, Oh, that's the guy from Prometheus. Oh, <laughs> this movies came first. Okay. I'm an idiot. Um, and so Prometheus, the first time I watched it, I was like, what the crap was that? Like, that was just the space so- jockey <clears throat> thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just such a mess of like, unanswered questions and like meaningless plot points. I'm just like, whatever, man, dude. I, I, so, so you didn't like Prometheus then the first time I watched it, you didn't like it the first time. Okay. And then it started to grow on me. Yeah. Then I started, then I got in, I, I played alien isolation. I was like, huh, there's some interesting things here. And I watched the alien movie and I was mm. like, ah, <laughs> I see how there's some correlations here. This is actually a really cool world. Mm. Went back and watched Prometheus, and um, <clears throat> the more I watch it, the more I like it. Yeah, it's I, one definitely. Like after I left the theater, I didn't think I really liked it that much. Yeah, and that was, it was kind of disconcerting because I remember just being like, "Man, why didn't I, like it, it? It's uncomfortable at times, and you're just kind of like, wow, it was, it was very strange. There's lots of things going on. Yeah, um, and it obviously has its major like problems. Like, for example, like." I, they, they land on this planet with a gigantic crew. Yeah. And then it whittles it down to just one person. And we don't see any of, like, the other crew. Like, there's there's a whole, like, 20 people, I bet, yeah. <laughs> that are on this ship at some point or another. And we don't see what happens to them. Yeah. And so, like, that seems like kind of a weird thing. But, like, that those problems aside, like, it gnawed at my brain. Like, it began, like, I, I over days, I was just thinking about this movie. <laughs> and I was, like, reading things online where I'm like reading analysis of it, reading reviews and I'm going like, yeah, this is, that's, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's totally how it was. And then, and then other things where it's like, no, I don't agree with that at all. But like, I, this was one of those movies that I, uh, I didn't, I didn't foresee liking as much as I do mm-hmm. in retrospect. Like, and again, I haven't seen it in a minute. I've, I've only watched it twice, but I definitely liked it better the second time. And I definitely yeah. liked it way better as I thought about it more. And I thought about kind of, the framing of all of the characters inside of it, like where, you know, the themes and we can get into kind of some of that, where that, that, that was a story of, um, parent and child and, and that sort of thing. Whereas this carries a lot of other, like a different type of a theme, a different twist on that, on, on the creation and things like that kind of, uh, along, along with this movie. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where we're at whenever we were entering this thing. So what did you think? Well, what did you, uh, initial reaction? Um, credits roll and i think to myself um 
this is a this was interesting because it's like it tried to it tried to be an alien movie like it really really did um but i don't think it did a great job of doing that because i think uh it's it's lacking some of the uh oh thank you i lost my water <laughs> it was really funny too because uh because like i don't know which one it is over there yeah, there's like, like it didn't just disappear. There's water bottles kind of littered moved. throughout the room. Yeah, and like I'm ones not that sure. are like at roughly the same height of like drinkage. You know how that so goes? Like that one matches the amount of water I think I drank, but I, there's no but reason so I would have put away. mine over there. Yeah, it's so far away. And I think that this is probably yours over here, but it's like you don't you don't want to drink out of a mysterious bottle of water, especially not after seeing an alien movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, mm. but yeah, so, uh, so, so what I was saying, yeah, this movie tries really hard to be an alien movie, mm. whereas Prometheus tried really hard to not be an alien movie Yep, and try to be its own thing. And people yep. were like, well, where's the alien? So here they're trying to kind of, uh, not like retcon, but like, you know, they're trying to like give you what you want kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah, and it does have, like, the connections, uh, like, where it felt like so much of the criticism about Prometheus was that it didn't connect as much as they wanted to yeah. the original Alien movie. Um, I never had that criticism because, again, I watched it first. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, you know, I didn't even know, I didn't re- remember that the Aliens move like aliens that I watched back in, you know, high school or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't remember that that was a part of this franchise even at the time. Cause mm-hmm. like lots of, there's lots of alien movies and even like independence day or whatever the xenomorphs, they kind of look, look like this. Like right. it's been, it's been borrowed. This design has been yeah, borrowed. Tentacles, skeletal stuff, yeah. long elongated skull, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So it's like, it's been any of these movies could potentially be related to each other. But they're not. Um, and so I didn't really connect the aliens was in the same kind of universe as uh, as Prometheus whenever I was first watching it. Um, but I knew the alien was. And so I guess like I didn't I, I wasn't too concerned with connecting it to those other movies. Um, yeah. Whereas I feel like, though, that this does connect it to those movies. It grounds it yeah. in, in that world. Like it firmly like if you were one of the people that left Prometheus thinking, boy, I wish it would have uh, connected more to Alien then this will probably get you there. Like this will probably be, be the, you know, a, a solid, solid way to take it. So, yeah, it definitely connects in mythology. I wouldn't say it connects in tone. No. Um, this is more, probably more slasher film than horror. Interesting. That's in my, a really, in my opinion, like, yeah. Whereas alien was straight up like thriller horror. Mm-hmm. I don't remember there being a lot of blood and gore. I mean, I know there is some, and there's things popping out of people's chests. Yeah. But there were some moments in here where I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's yeah, just yeah. really, like, like some real bad stuff happens to people. Yeah, and I guess, like, you're right. Like, <clears throat> you mentioned it, the slasher rather than horror. Like, it didn't it didn't have the tension to me so as much as uh, as much as Alien did. Um, but it definitely wanted to. I think, like, that that is an apt uh, comparison as well. Like, I, I think that this one played it far safer than Prometheus did. And, and so it being a direct sequel kind of feels a little strange to me uh, along those routes as well. But um, definitely played with a... Uh, partners kind of a situation where it's yeah. like it, it played with like uh, partnership as as a big theme throughout it. Yeah. Whereas, like I said before, in Prometheus, it was a uh, creator like a parent child mm-hmm. relationship essentially. Um, 
And there was a lot of cool things that I liked about like some of those themes and some of where certain characters uh, end up that I'll talk about after the spoiler section. Yeah. Um, but I mean, as far as, as far as an alien movie goes, if you really like the alien franchise, if you like alien, you'll enjoy this. Yeah. Um, especially if, like I said, if you thought that Prometheus was a step too far, um, you'll probably like this one a little bit better. Yeah. Than that. I would say it's, it's not as scary as it could have been. Yeah, not but. as much tension driven, I feel like. Like there were moments where you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen. And, you know, then you're just kind of watching that play out. Yeah. Um, like you do in, in like a, you know, like you said, like a slasher movie where yeah. it's like, and, uh, but yeah, there's far less like building of tension. There, the building of tension that we have is actually like pretty character development wise. Like it feels very, uh, very good in some spots. And it's more like, it's less like uh, tension building up to a alien kind of a kill and more tension building up to a plot twist of like, right. what is this character going to do? Yeah. Um, and I found that that pretty interesting. So acting in this. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was all really good. Cast did a really good job. Matt, Michael Fassbender. Oh gosh, dude. Michael Fassbender is a freaking genius. Yeah. I, uh, there were if Michael Fassbender, man, <laughs> let's just leave it at that. He is. There's some great scenes with him in this movie. There's some really like solid moments. Like if you're a Michael Fassbender fan, yeah. And, well, if you don't like horror, don't really like the franchise, maybe Google yeah. the scenes after the fact, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's a uh, Michael Fassbender definitely has a, is heavily featured in it. Yeah. Um, I think the the rest of the cast did a really good job as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some things that I'll uh, I'll criticize about some of the cast is it felt like it was a little bit too big, like where people were a little bit a little bit stereotypes of of you know certain people yeah, or whatever. They're yeah. very shallow reasons to care about them. And this is more of a, a screenwriting problem, but just anytime somebody goes like, oh, "I'm gonna go do this," so I'll be back. Like, yeah. Okay, just check in when you get back. Like. There's a little too much like emphasis on the fact that they're leaving and they're going to come back. Right. You're not coming back. Right. Well, I mean, and then the other, it's like, <laughs> you're well, going to go look you're gonna for get, them. You're going to get eaten by a xenomorph. Yeah. So I think like the suspension of disbelief along the lines of like a horror movie or along the lines of like a slasher movie or something like that. Like you have yeah. to kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit um, based on like some, some illogical choices that characters make. <laughs> and um, they, they make a lot of them in this movie. They do. They do. And they did in, uh, <clears throat> in, in, Prometheus sometimes too, you oh, know, yeah. definitely, mm-hmm. definitely that existed. Like not knowing how to run away from a ship. That's, <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean, and then I, I thought like there were other times where like a character would be playing it totally cool. Like they're totally like mm-hmm. under control and this is like, everything's good. I'm a very calm person. I handle pressure very well. Yep. And then all of a sudden in the next scene, they're like losing their head. And I yeah. was like, that feels a little inconsistent from scene to scene. Yeah. Maybe there was something that was cut that like really freaked them out. Um, but it's like the, the inconsistencies of character and then some of those choices that you make are and the shallow reasons to care about a lot of the people like the main people uh, in, in the film definitely get their due. But um, yeah, a lot of the, the ex- extended cast, you don't really care that much about. Yeah. Um, music. Didn't really notice it. Yeah. I mean, me neither. The only time I notice it is there's a part where they play the theme from Prometheus. They utilize it in a unique yep. way yep and because prometheus had such a unique theme to it yep um i recognized it instantly and i thought i was like it kind of borders on breaking the fourth wall how they're doing that but uh, i guess it's cool yeah um but yeah other than that i didn't really notice like 
there wasn't anything that was like a standout theme no. or like a standout moment. Like it was, it was your kind of traditional action film, horror yeah. film kind of building fair. Um, yeah. And then, uh, the only other thing like the, the, as far as like CG or anything like that, there was only like, there's a couple of times <laughs> with some pretty ropey, uh, ropey CG, which we can maybe address after the spoiler section, like where those specific spots yeah. were. But, um, there's a couple of times where you're just like, ah! but, um, but overall I thought it was pretty good as far as the CG goes. Yeah. Um, all right. Are we ready to spoil this thing, man? Let's do it. That's spoiler clock is a winding down. So if you don't want to be spoiled on alien covenant, then uh, make sure you turn it off in four, three, two, one. Throw out a spoiler. David killed all the engineers. <gasps> That's so wild, man. All of them. Yeah, and like David was the most intriguing character, I think, in this one because of the connection to Prometheus. It's like, yeah. in this one, the whole character development side of things felt like it was left a little to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I said, with like more of the shallow characters and that sort of thing, because in Prometheus, they aired on the side of like, well, you just assume that those 20 people that we didn't see die, that they die at some point. Yeah. Um, whereas in this, like I even like I was fully aware of how many people there were and I was fully aware of like how many people were left. They even t- at some points like would mention like how yeah. many, oh, we've lost five people. Oh man, we've only got two, three of us left down here. Oh, yeah. I'm the only, you know? Yeah. So I, uh, I definitely, that was one of those things that I was tracking throughout and I'm like, yeah, that was one of the criticisms they got for Prometheus. And so they course corrected a little <laughs> bit, maybe a little too far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, David was interesting. Cause I mean, he was creepy in Prometheus, but they, they took him, they took him to 11 on this one for sure. <laughs> They upped the uh, upped the <clears throat> serial killer vibe. Yeah, and one of the things that I think this movie does that benefits Prometheus is it gives David his motivation. And you really, I mean, in Prometheus, I've seen it so many times, and until I saw Covenant, I didn't understand what David was doing. So it's really funny with Pr- Prometheus. Um, I, I, like I said, as it was gnawing on me and I was thinking about all of the things that he says, even down to the, like the, the movie that he watches in there and, yeah. and all this stuff that essentially everything out of his mouth in Prometheus, save yeah. for a few lines is a complete lie and a complete like reversal in order to manipulate the people around him. Yeah. And so I had to remind myself of that in this movie yeah where you know he brings them in and they say oh is this is this state place even safe and he says you couldn't be safer yeah and uh, you know it's like oh it's, it's totally safe you got to trust me on this you know and this, yeah. he says the same thing to the dude before he looks in the uh, the pod which yeah. is one of those times where you have to suspend your disbelief <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like dude this is obviously one of those you got to shoot this guy and leave situations yeah. <laughs> He, he walks into a room. There's a decapitated woman and a dead xenomorph. He, sh- no, he walks into a room. There's a xenomorph staring at David. He shoots the xenomorph dead, sees the decapitated woman who is on his crew, and then follows David like, all right, fine. Show me what you want. Like, bro, <laughs> yeah. no, you put five bullets in that dude's brain right now. You just unload, man. Like, and, then, the, and then you oh hightail it off this planet. <laughs> I, his character, that, that the captain, or the, I guess the second second captain, because yeah. the first captain dies within like five <laughs> seconds. It's, I liked that setup. That was a good setup where it's like everybody's out of their depth in this situation. Yeah. Um, nobody, nobody is the, is, is in charge. Yeah. And, uh, and so obviously this stuff is going to happen whenever no one's in charge. Um, and, uh, and so that dude, like, 
I liked his character. But at the same time, you're just kind of like, man, you are making such weird decisions <laughs> all throughout here. And it's and uh, and and the idea of, of I think his his uh, main motivation uh, for like following him was like the whole creation aspect where he's like, oh, I'm yeah. interested in creation. Yeah. And like he says that to him right before right before the, you know, the alien comes out of his chest. Yeah. And it's like and it's like, wow. That is that is I guess this character's motivation. It has been from the beginning there, you yeah. know, and that's very strange. The colonization thing, very very odd and I don't know, man. It's it's a uh that death in particular. I was just kind of like <laughs> what is this? What are you doing, guys? Yeah. Get out of there. Yeah. It's uh it was it was interesting to watch how um Uh, well, I mean, just Michael Fassbender in general in this movie, like, so you have the whole scene where he teaches David, David teaches Walter who are both played by Michael Fassbender, how to play the flute or the, the, the recorder, whatever it was. And I'm like, I'm sitting there watching the scene and I'm like, I know that that's not Michael Fassbender teaching Michael Fassbender how to play the flute. Yep. But it looks like Michael Fassbender teaching Michael Fassbender how to play the flute. Exactly like it does. <laughs> and it, like he plays that masterfully. Like I can't imagine yeah. having to like do that on screen where it's like yeah. he's interacting with himself yeah. and reacting to his like own his him himself. Yeah. And uh it was very convincing. The tension was definitely there. Like it was yeah. it was a tense scene where you're like, I don't know what either of these people like these either of these androids really are thinking yeah. and really are wanting here. Yeah. Um yeah. You really I loved it because you could totally feel the fight within Walter of like he is he I come from him. Mm. Like I am like he is part of my lineage. Yeah. Or you know vice versa whatever. But I don't know if I can trust him. Right. Like I want to learn from him but I don't know if I can trust him and they, he did that so well. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And yet, still looking like an android that doesn't have feelings, right? <laughs> so you're like, right? That's not bro. Programmed how are to you do this? doing this? Like, what? Yeah. Where did what? Juilliard doesn't even teach crap like that. Like, it's amazing the differences as well between like how he played each character, like even yeah. at a micro kind of expression level, yep. um, where like there's there's a lot of manipulation and, and thinking going on behind David, yep. and then. Uh, Later on in the film, whenever David is pretending to be Walter, yes, that was like it was obvious to me. Yeah, because he played it. He played it like David playing Walter, exactly. And so, like, which is nuts. You dude. have these, these weird like levels. It's like yeah. layers. You peel it back, and you're like, wait a second. So he's playing David and Walter, and then at one point he's playing David, who's playing like he's Walter. Yeah. <laughs> and what I loved about that whole scene was just that, uh. He's been waiting because he he got these pods, right? Where they have the face huggers that live inside of him. Mm-hmm. He's created these things and he's like, I know there's something special here. And so he gets the first xenomorph to be made and he, he tries to test it out and mm-hmm. it gets killed, right? Yep. So then he lets loose a second one inside the ship and he watches the whole thing on these monitors yep and just his face of like he's helping the crew he's doing everything he's being asked to do right but he knows deep down inside his circuits that this thing will find a way to kill them yep and he's so confident in his creation and then whenever it doesn't work out for him he's what? he's got 
And then when it, in this perfect, this is, this is what I, uh, a part that I did love about this movie in a perfect mirroring of the scene where he's standing face to face with the albino one. Mm-hmm. The necromorph, I think is what they, what they would Is that what they call it? Yeah. I think so like the, it was yeah. like, xenomorphs and the necromorphs. I don't. Yeah. So, okay. So we'll call it the necromorph. So he's staring at the necromorph and he's got it under control. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they mirror that with the second xenomorph. He's staring at it on the screen and it's little tiny mouth mouth comes out and punches the camera and he kind of steps back like, I, I don't have all the control here. Like, right. It's just like this great moment where you see David flinch for the first time. Right. For the first time in the entire like movie and maybe even throughout Prometheus too. Yeah. Cause like he manipulated Prometheus and infected the one dude and all this stuff in Prometheus. And so like, this is the first time he's realized like, maybe this, maybe I don't want to root for this, this thing, yeah. this alien. Maybe yeah. I, maybe I won't want to be on the side of the humans. Yeah. And there's so, some really there's some really great uh, subtext in there too, where you have, you know, Prometheus <clears throat> dealt a lot with finding out, you know, in, in having a search for God. Yeah, who made us, right? And David always questioned Shaw. Why do you want to know? Yeah, like what if they're not who you think they are? Like well, what if? What if what if they don't like you? Right, and you that know? all stemmed from his own relationship with his creator, right? With this uh, uh, Wayland, mm-hmm. who is this abusive person, and he has the 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 <coughs> arrogance to be creating robots and to think that he can should create life and right. should live forever and all this stuff. And then in this movie, you have David finally getting to create his own thing, mm-hmm. and he sees in that moment how quickly the things we create can turn against us. He becomes his own creator, Waylon, yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And he's like... It's wild. Oh, this is coming back to bite. I just love how that's like that turn of events and you know, some great subtext there about it really is. I, and creator that was, versus creation. I really would have loved more of that subtext because Prometheus, regardless of all of the problems it has, yeah. which, which are many, um, but it's dripping with the subtext. Mm-hmm. And this one had some subtext with like uh, partnerships and with, uh, you know, with, with that sort of thing where even in this instance, you could view it as like, he thinks that, okay, so I've created this thing and now it's my partner. I am, I am, you know, in control here, like you said, yeah. or, or at least an equal partner in this thing. And it attacks him. And it's like, oh, that's a shocking revelation to have. Yeah. Or it's like something you thought that was, you know, your partner is not anymore or something you thought was working for you is not anymore. Um, but I wish that this one kind of had more of that subtext where this one seemed more like, like you said, kind of like the, the standard horror slash slasher uh, fair. Yeah. With less of like the high minded kind of weird subtext going yeah. on. Which um, I'm, I'm cool with. I think yeah. Prometheus kind of overloaded itself with that, but <laughs> it definitely did. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the biggest letdown for me in this movie is people making stupid choices that get them killed. Uh, and then, also just the the lack of tension like there just wasn't tension yeah. um and there's something about like uh the original alien movie which is just you just like you don't even want to breathe because you're mm-hmm. just so freaked out mm-hmm. you know and with this it was just like right off the bat like oh there's an alien it's attacking it's eating its face it's eating his face now it's eating her face no right it's, and it's just like it was just violent like right off the get-go right like so, it seemed like a tale of kind of two paces where yeah. we had the setup. Yeah. But then once something started happening, it was rapid fire until like the next 
big kind of conversation between David and uh, and Walter. Like, you know, yeah. so you have you have these kind of slowdown moments <clears throat> in it that that built like good solid like story driven character tension yeah but then as far as like horror tension or or tension with the the monster like with the alien like you didn't really have a ton of that it was it was pretty much rapid fire um out in the field a very visually cool location yeah um and it was over very quickly um that could have been a very creepy thing like think about um signs the movie signs yeah and kind of like where you're like open fields can be really scary. Yeah. And so like a field of grass out here is like where you can see things coming, but not really. Yeah. It can be really creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, think about like even, even like a Jurassic Park. One of the Jurassic Park movies did that, like with the field and the, yep. you know, where they're, they're around the raptor the tails. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> in the field. And so like, I mean, I think about like open fields can be very, very creepy, but like we didn't spend a lot of time in that really cool location. Yeah. Um, we uh, have this massive courtyard in, in the, where the, uh, the, the, the scene there and like we didn't build a lot of tension there. It was like they're standing there back to back where she's aiming one direction and he's aiming the other direction waiting for this uh, alien to kind of come after them. Yep. And that's a very cool visual. But at the same time, it was there right up on them in a couple of seconds. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, you're right. Like the tension as far as from a horror movie aspect wasn't really built, uh, as, as strongly as it necessarily could have been. So, yeah. Oh, CG. I mentioned before, oh, yeah, the break, yeah, yeah. you know, before the, the spoiler warning, um, the CG, there's only like, so there's a couple of ropey kind of CG moments. Um, the first one I noticed, uh, was, well, I guess let's do the most egregious one. <laughs> the security camera. Yeah. That one was weird. There, yeah. you know, like, whenever he looks through the security camera and the alien is going down this hatch, yeah, and you look at it. I don't know if it's the fact that it was like a screen that you're looking at on a screen, and so it's like it. You can obviously tell this is yeah. way CG, yeah. or if they just didn't care to render that shot for very much longer. Yeah. Um. But like that one was really bad. Um, but then there was the the first face hugger that pops out and, and grabs onto the guy. There was a moment there where I was like, "Ooh, that that looks really strange to me." Or it was the no, it wasn't the face hugger. It was the uh, the the necromorph that pops out of the the person's back or something like that. Like, oh, okay. And and like it grabs onto somebody. I'm like, "Wow, oh, that looks really weird." A couple of times. Yeah. So I don't know. Like there's a there was a couple of CG moments that I was like, "Well, I guess it's better than the practical effects." Yeah. Um. Yeah. In, some, in some cases, yeah. In in many cases, yeah, it can be. <laughs> <laughs> so, you ready to rate this thing? I mean, is that Let's do it. Any any final thoughts, anything like that? I I think uh I think I think I said all the things. Drop me a rating then. I would give it a 7. Okay. Yeah. That's uh I like it. I like it. What would you have given Prometheus? This is my the first question. time I saw it, probably like yeah. a five yeah uh, but now i i get prometheus like a 7.5 yeah so that's kind of where i'm at with this one too is like i feel like this one is a uh it's hard to give it like a it's hard to give it a seven but i think that that's what it deserves this movie like right now unless it gnaws at my brain and like you know it goes up over time but right now i'm sitting here and i'm like yeah it was interesting i'm gonna be thinking about it a little bit um and and kind of extrapolating like where do we go from here that sort of thing <clears> which we can maybe talk about after this but um I think like it probably does deserve probably a, a seven or seven point five that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think um, yeah, I think the biggest thing it, it lacks is tension. And if it had tension, it would 
that's what would get me to go, I have to see this again. Definitely. Definitely. And um, I, I really don't have a moment that I can point to where I'm like, oh, I want to see that again. Like, I just really don't. Yeah, you weren't like yeah. nail biting, like edge of the seat, no. that sort of thing. Um, and there wasn't a big twist or anything like that where you're like, I want to watch it again through a different lens. Yeah. Um, so where do we go from here then? Is there a sequel to this? Like, is there a, another alien movie where so, we follow David again? I heard that they're, they're going to make... Uh, the next one is going to take place between Prometheus and Covenant. Weird. And I forget what it's called. Like, and who does it follow too? Cause like if it's following David, it follows then, we kind David. Of, then we kind of already know a lot about what's already happened, you know, yeah. uh, where, how he killed all of the, the people on this planet and what was going on there. And then we know, you know, what, what kind of happened between him and Shaw, that sort of thing. So I don't know. It's a very, that's a weird thing. Something else about this one that I, I was thinking about on the way, like whenever we were driving back here, I was thinking that at the end of Prometheus, whenever she flies off and she has his head, right? And she's, uh, they're, they're flying off to go meet, meet the makers and ask them why. Um, I liked the idea of that being a really amb- ambiguous ending of it being yeah. like, well, we don't know if she ever gets her goal. We don't ever like we don't know if she really uh, achieves what she's wanted to achieve any of that sort of thing. So having a f- like an ending to her story, essentially, or yeah. seeing what at least what the result is, um, is somewhat of a letdown to me in a, in a way. It doesn't lessen or, or like it just puts a, a it let takes the imagination out of it for me, like where it's like takes the control out, out of the viewer to extrapolate their own ending to the, the, uh, the Elizabeth Shaw story. Yeah. Um, so interesting. I mean, that, that was, it's neither good nor bad. Doesn't affect kind of my opinion of either movie, but, uh, but it, it just is, it's a thing. Yeah. So this, I found an article here that says the next alien movie will be called, uh, alien awakening. Hmm. Um, it would appear as though the filmmaker accidentally revealed the title of the next installment in the alien universe, slipping the name alien awakening into a chronological list of the alien prequel movies. Hmm. Um, interesting. There will be another one before we kind of literally and logically clockwise back into the rear back head of the original alien. That's a quote from Scott. Interesting. Uh, making sense of where in the alien world the films are placed, it will go Prometheus, Awakening, Covenant. Interesting. Yes, because, uh, I mean, if, if he's literally going to show us how the space jockey and that specific spaceship get there onto the planet that they go to on Alien, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, I, but like I don't know how we get there. And so I mean, I'm, I'm interested in seeing the next one, seeing what the next one holds. Yeah. Yeah. There you have it. Well, one okay, so real quick, just uh so what we found out is that the xenomorph comes from a face hugger impregnating <laughs> a human. Correct? Yes. Which we see in Alien, but Which we also is, see in this movie. Right. It's the more it's the like the traditional kind of uh way that, that it happened. Right. Whereas like the necromorphs were the spores that are out in the wild. Yep being uh inhaled or in you know in i guess they, somehow they get in, into the bloodstream right yeah um so yeah now in prometheus at the very end we see a different kind of xenomorph that comes from 
<clears throat> it's uh, the black goo. That's right. It was like a nerve agent, essentially. So the black goo that gets put into a human, which then is transferred via yep. relations into a woman with a version of a face hugger that's not a face hugger, which then impregnates an engineer. And then out of the engineer comes that white thing, right? So that being said, when we get to alien with, you know, 1970s alien, they get a distress call. They check out the distress call and they see the horseshoe shape Mm -hmm. thing, which is an engineer ship. Yeah, the space jockey, yeah. Yep. But there is a black xenomorph on that ship. Interesting. So if those were engineers that crashed there, why is there a xenomorph on there? I might be missing something. It's a good but- question. Because like if if uh, <clears throat> if David is genetically engineering these things and tweaking these things over time and it took him a long time to get to the xenomorph thing, you would assume that even if that was an engineer fleeing the planet that was being uh, destroyed <coughs> and overrun by these things, um, that they wouldn't be the the version that is in there. Right. Interesting. And my guess, well, I don't know. I don't know. Because David is now on board the huge colony ship. He's not on board the horseshoe ship anymore. That's right. So many unanswered questions. There's a few. There's a few. And I think like that was uh that was the main catalyst for um Prometheus and it was the main catalyst for this movie, um, is that that Ridley Scott had just questions. <laughs> well he his, sucks at answering his own questions. <laughs> and about his own movies that he wanted to answer <clears throat> questions. Yeah. It's it's weird, man. Um Yeah. Anyways. So, that's that's basically it, right? Yep. I mean, yeah. Any other final thoughts? Final, final thoughts? Nope. How do we end? Chris usually ends it. That's too, what I was about to say. He usually goes into something right here. Um, well, that, let me see if I can remember. Well, that does it for this week. You can catch us on stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right. Please leave us a like and review us. That's right. Uh, and share with your friends. Download on your podcast service of choice. That's right. Okay. Uh, like, review, share. There's Twitters. There's some Twitters. Point. So you can find me on Twitter at uh, Fultron84. And me at John Wright 777 And always online. Or stay on Target Pod. At Stay yep. on Target Pod. There you go. There it is. Yep, we got that. <laughs> and uh, you're doing great here, by the way. Thank you. I'm checking trying all the boxes, really man. hard. <laughs> checking <laughs> all of the everything boxes. Everything he says. That's going to do it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on Target. Target.